0: Greetings to those who watch below. It's Friday, which means it's time for another stop at our paranormal tour of the US. And today we're heading to Colorado. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to those who dwell below, an exclusive channel membership that is growing and growing and you can be a part of by checking out the link in the description box. So thank you to Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, M.A. Way, Julie B., Jess Black Curtain, Christina Groves, LT Punisher 666, Chris BLK Chris, Canopsia, Tegan S, and our newest newest member, The Real CFED 22. Thank you so much for joining. Also, if you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe to the channel, and you can also catch me on the creepypasta.com official YouTube channel and site as well. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Lost Hiker Ghost by Kel Bell Cutie. My friend Heather and I have a problem, that whenever we spend time together, some paranormal event seems to happen. This is one of the stories from the summer I spent with her at a new place in Colorado, enjoying the beauty of nature. I had done several hiking trails, but they had all been rather busy, and it was hard to really enjoy nature on them. A friend of Heather's, Mike, suggested we do a trail outside his hometown. He said his town was in the middle of nowhere so we wouldn't have to deal with all the summer crowds at the parks and tourist spots. We all thought it sounded great, so we packed up and headed out. We decided we were going to camp for a few days somewhere along the trail, just to relax and take in nature. So, all in all, our trip should last about five days. On the trip were myself, Mike, and James and Heather. After a day and a half of hiking, we found a beautiful, almost level clearing, with a slope down one side and... The look down onto the forest below. You could tell by the old cans and the way logs and rocks were moved around in the area that this was an old campsite, so we set up camp there for a couple of days of relaxation in nature. Too bad, we never got a chance to relax. On our first night around 11pm, we were sitting around the campfire telling jokes, when Heather says, Hey, did you guys see that? and points down the slope at the tree line. We all turn and look, but there was nothing there. I wasn't even sure what we were looking for. Heather said she just saw a light, and sure enough about that time, a light like one from a flashlight starts shining through the trees, but it's moving rather quickly and is jumping up and down like someone is running with it in their hand. James jumps up and yells, hello is someone there? Down at it, and the light immediately went off. Heather and I decided it would be smart to sleep in the boys' tent that night. The next morning, James and Mike went down the slope to see if there was another camp down there. When they came back, they had with them an empty backpack they'd found on a rock just behind the tree line. The backpack was weather-worn and was literally falling apart. We all decided that we would stay there one more night and that we had nothing to worry about. Some camper had probably just forgotten their backpack a few years ago and the flashlight in the night before was probably just another hiker. To this day, I wish we hadn't stayed. We were all having trouble sleeping, so we stayed out by the campfire really late into the night, just talking and laughing, when Heather suddenly said, ''Everyone be quiet, do you hear that?'' So we all went quiet, but none of us was able to hear anything. Heather's eyes were wide open, and her face had gone pale in the firelight, I asked her what she heard, and she said she could hear a woman crying. Still, none of us could hear it, so we thought she was just pulling our chains. James and Mike started laughing and saying things like, Good one, and nice try. Then we all heard it. Clear as can be the sound of a woman crying. James and Mike are both police officers, so without hesitation, they both jumped up and grabbed flashlights, thinking they might be hearing a lost hiker. Heather and I both unable to move, something didn't seem right about the noise we were hearing. James and Mike headed down the slope toward where the crying was coming from, as me and Heather sat trying to comfort each other. They had been gone for about ten minutes, and we could hear them yelling, Hello? Please tell us where you are. Then we heard both of them begin screaming, and maybe two minutes later, they both sprinted up the slope back to the campsite. Both of them were so out of breath they couldn't talk, and Mike started to throw up in the bushes next to camp from the overexertion. They both told us to hurry up and that we were leaving now, and started taking down the tents. Heather and I didn't ask any questions, we were just too scared to talk. We just packed everything we could and started back down the trail in the middle of the night, as quickly as possible. When the sun finally came up, I got the nerve to talk and asked James what had happened. He said that Mike and him had followed the crying down into the trees. They couldn't find the person who was crying, even though they had searched the area where the sound was the loudest. Then, as they were about to go back to camp to call for help, they passed the rock where they had found the backpack, and next to it was a girl sitting with her head in her knees crying. He said it was weird, because she was wearing a big red winter jacket and a black stocking cap, but it was the middle of summer. They were about 20 feet away, when James asked if she was alright, and did she need help. He said she stopped crying, pointed deeper into the forest, then disappeared. This is when Mike and James screamed, and ran back to camp. At the time, we were all so scared that we didn't really have time to think about things. We're all pretty sure that whatever it was, it was trying to get us to go where it pointed. We've discussed going back there, and trying to go the way it pointed, but we are unsure if it just wants us to find something, or, if whatever it was, had bad intentions for us. The Hatchet Lady of Red Rocks The Red Rocks Park and Amphitheatre is undoubtedly one of the most beautiful landmarks in the United States. However, this site isn't just home to hiking trails and memorable concerts, but also to one of the most terrifying urban legends of the state. Several ghosts have been rumoured to lurk in the grounds of Red Rocks, but none are more famous than this decapitated damsel. People have reported seeing a headless woman riding horseback through the Red Rocks area, while carrying a bloody hatchet, and scaring the life out of teenagers who were trying to get frisky or cause trouble. Versions of this tale revolving around the headless woman typically say that she's a former camper who was murdered and later decapitated on the grounds, and who stays around in the afterlife ...to get a good few scares in... ...and maybe catch a few concerts at the area perhaps. While the tales of her being without a head... ...are the most commonly held... ...there are several other versions... ...of the origin of the Headless Hatchet Lady. One tale gives the woman a name... ...Old Mrs Johnson... ...and believes that she lived on the premises... ...in a small cave. According to the stories... ...she used to pull a coat over her head... ...and walk around the property... ...swinging a hatchet to scare off her daughter's suitors. In some cases, she even went as far as to chop the offending body parts of any man who came near her precious daughter. It was their blood that stained the rocks and gave them the signature red colour. Old Mrs. Johnson was a lonely lady who wasn't too keen about the idea of young love, which explains why a ghost is said to scare off primarily teenagers who were getting busy amid the red rocks. The tales say that when her apparition is seen with a head, she looks exactly like you would expect an older, feral looking woman with ratty hair and a witchy vibe that would make you want to run the other way. Even so, many still flock towards the more deserted parts of this Colorado landmark in hopes of getting a glimpse of the headless hatchet lady. The Ghosts of Skyline Lodge by Alpha Moon 70. This story takes place in the tiny mountain village of Platoro, in a three-story building called Skyline Lodge. The lodge consists of a general store, a restaurant, and rooms for guests as well as employee housing, which is what I was, an employee. I worked as a cook for five seasons, and my wife was a front desk clerk and waitress. We were told tales when we first arrived, of strange noises, shadows seen moving around and a few personal experiences of strange happenings. We were told of the young man who committed suicide years ago by gunshot on the second floor, in what was now the owners of the lodge's bedroom slash office. We were told about the older gentleman who had a heart attack and passed away in the lobby, and of little Eva, the teenage girl who worked as a prostitute during the mining boom, and was shot and killed by the wife of a miner while standing on the porch of a building that still stood in the area. Eva's grave was on the property, an unmarked concrete slab in the middle of a field. One of these three people were usually to blame when strange things would happen. My own personal experiences in my time there were a door, the door that went outside from the back storage room of the kitchen, shutting and locking behind me after I'd gone outside to dispose of garbage, fry grease, etc., this was a very large, heavy door that in no way should have been able to close itself, let alone lock itself. Also in the same room, and on more than one occasion, after hearing a loud noise, I would walk in to find bowls, plates and cans, all lying on the floor. This is also the area where many employees reported seeing shadows out of the corner of their eye, only to turn around and see no one there. Another hot spot was an employee bedroom on the second floor. Many people while staying in this room reported having nightmares and feelings of being watched. A young couple was in this room one night playing cards, and all of a sudden the young man's pistol, which was lying on a bedside table, went off, the bullet going into a wall. Once while I was on the second floor in my bedroom, standing looking out the window with the door open, a small roll of trash bags that had been lying on a table in the hallway outside my door came flying into the room, landing on the floor directly behind me, a distance of about twelve foot from where they had been. But the most memorable experience for me personally happened late one night while my wife and I were in bed. It was around eleven PM, and we had been in bed for about twenty minutes when we awoke to the sound of loud footsteps on the third floor, directly above us. Then the sound of furniture being dragged across the floor. It's important to note that there was no carpeting in the lodge, all wooden floors, and nearly all the furniture was heavy wooden handmade tables and chairs, so the sound of these things being moved was loud and very distinctive. This noise went on for about 10 to 15 minutes. This was in the area that employees were gathered to play games and watch TV, so I assumed that this was what was going on. But after nearly 20 straight minutes, and because I had to be up at half five in the morning, I decided to go upstairs and ask them to keep the noise down. After getting to the bottom of the staircase to the third floor, I was surprised to see no lights on on the third floor, as well as hearing no noise. I climbed the stairs to find a dark room, without as much as a TV being gone. I hit the light switch at the top of the stairs, thinking they must have heard me coming, and were hiding behind the furniture on the other side of the room just to mess with me. After crossing this large room, I found I was completely alone. With my heart racing and the chills, I went back down to my room to explain to my wife that no one was up there. My wife said, seconds after i had walked out of the room and started walking down the hallway toward the stairs, the noise stopped, and we didn't hear it the rest of the night. A Ghost at Gold Camp Road, by F.C. Dub. Gold Camp Road is notorious in Colorado Springs, for two main reasons. One, partying. It is an isolated and mostly unsupervised area, and as such is frequently used as a location for teenagers to drink, smoke pot, and blare music. And two, paranormal activity. There are many stories regarding the area, ranging from an infamous bus crash... ...and apparitions, as well as mildly demonic or malevolent activity. There is a history of car crashes and murders... ...as well as people dropping off murdered bodies over the cliff... ...into the Cheyenne Canyon area below. Taking this into consideration, many people come out of sceptical interest... ...and curiosity of the unknown to see if the tales are true. It was a normal Friday night, and I was with my friend Jay. We were bored out of our minds and after the hooker we set up had died, we needed something to do. We wanted to go to a party, but realised we both lacked the hookups to get an address. I know, we're lame. And so we thought of places we could come across a get-together. Gold's camp was brought up, and soon after, I drove us up there. We came to a pull-off before one of the tunnels that overlooked the city, and parked next to some cars that were loudly blasting music. Some college-age kids were drinking beers, smoking, and generally chilling, and we were quickly invited to join them. A little after midnight, the music was turned down, and everyone was either in cars or outside in a huddled group, talking about life and joking around. I was in the middle of a conversation when I heard what sounded like the faint clinking of metal chains, and a sort of dragging sound. As it got closer, I decided to investigate the source the sounds grew louder near a sign by the edge of the road. As I peered over the edge, I took note that it was a cliff and would be impossible to get down without serious injury. So the fact that a sound was rising up was astonishing to me. My thoughts jumped to, who would be down there and how did they get there? And even more worryingly, did someone fall down and need help? Before I could say anything, a large and dark figure arose from the edge a mere ten feet away from me. It appeared to be a tall man, like six foot five, shrouded in a white tattered cloak, or sheet and wrapped in chains. At first, I thought it was a guy trying to scare us and prank us, because I knew of the tales of the area. But one thing struck me as odd that made me keep a serious complexion. The man had no face. In addition to not having a face, I thought at first that he was African-American, ...but soon realised his body was composed of what appeared to be a shadowy mist. He looked like somebody had wrapped his body in a sheet and wrapped chains around it... ...before throwing it down the hill... ...and downwind from this figure was a terrible stench, like sweat and mild decay. I couldn't believe my eyes. The figure began slowly trudging towards the road, dragging chains behind him... ...and each footstep making a loud thud as if he was wearing boots... The group outside I'd left to investigate went silent and we all watched the apparition in fascination and bewilderment as it slowly walked along the road, not looking back. I made sure everyone else was seeing what I saw and summoned the courage to follow the apparition with the intent to see if it was really what it appeared to be and not some guy dressed up being dramatic. He walked slowly, but his strides were huge, so I had to walk quickly to keep up with his pace. I followed him for about 30 feet, when he suddenly stopped. He slowly turned towards the edge of the road, with the cliff, but there were bushes and trees at this stretch of the road for about 10 feet before the edge. I loudly said hello, trying to communicate with this strange man, and he took two steps into the bushes, then disappeared into thin air in a cloud of mist. Just like that. Gone. I walked back and told the others what I had seen, and they could hardly believe it. We talked for another half hour about what we had just seen, before parting ways. All in all, it was an interesting night, and despite the other sobriety rendering them less credible, I was completely sober, since I was driving, and saw it as clear as day. I have yet to witness another apparition as clear and real as the one I saw that night, but it definitely got me further interested in the paranormal, and I will always remember, the man with the chains." Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to leave a like, and if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel, hitting that notification bell so that you never miss a video. So, until next time, sleep tight. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.